Oh, yeah. Saturday, October 28th, the season flying by. We only got a few more of these to go, so got to enjoy it. Even if you're dealing with the flu or a possible cold like I have all week, feeling a little bit better, but uh, if I have to take some long pauses, I do apologize. Luckily, our main man, PJ Glasser, host Ascended In, he'll join us in about 40 minutes. We're going to talk some futures. We're going to talk the Heisman market. PJ and myself, we both played some Dylan Gabriel uh, preseason but he was text messaging me over the weekend about Jaden Milrow. And I've been looking at uh, national championship futures, and I'm looking right now, Alabama, sitting there at 14-1. to 1. This isn't the sexiest Alabama team. They're not explosive on the offensive side of the ball. They keep finding ways to win, and that is still a really good defense. Again, I'm Ryan Horvath. This is the BetQL tailgate to kickoff. We're going to try to hit on every single game, uh, look at the line movement, try to take a look at some of these weather situations. We do have some colder games. we got some windy conditions today. We do have some rain. And uh, I got a buzz out light year cup today. That's what I'm rolling with, drinking my water. So, again, dealing with a little bit of a cold. So, I apologize. Let's look at the board. Let's pull up BetMGM, of course, the king of sports books. And let's actually start before we get into today's games. I want to look at the Heisman market before we even talk with PJ. JJ McCarthy, now your favorite to bring home the Heisman, plus 240, which makes sense, in my opinion. Michigan, the best team in the country defensively, only giving up five points per game. They could get after the quarterback. Secondary hasn't really been tested so far. Um, last week, they beat up on Michigan State in a rivalry game. They kind of pad J.J. McCarthy's stats. The reason I didn't do anything with J.J. McCarthy coming into the season, my concern was Michigan plays a cupcake schedule, and then down the stretch, there's the big game against Ohio State. So Michigan, we know what they like to do. They move at a snail's pace, one of the slowest paces in the country. They like to run the ball. They have two really good backs in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, obviously. So I worried about the passing yards, the touchdown numbers for McCarthy. But we'll see. And uh, our producer, one of our producers, Zach Kroll, had a really good question before we came on the show asking about the investigation, what's going on, the sign stealing in Michigan. Would maybe J.J. McCarthy be punished for that? I don't know. I worry about that maybe being a distraction for Michigan. Not so much the players, like what do they care when the stuff hits the fan next year, the year after that. Harbaugh's most likely gone back to the National Football League. And these kids are in the NFL or doing whatever they're going to do for the rest of their lives. But now you have you know authorities on campus investigating, talking to coaches. I just wonder if maybe that'll be a little bit of a distraction for Michigan down the stretch. And this is their best chance to win a national title in a long time. Got to the playoff last year, got upset by TCU. So we'll see what happens. But right now, J.J. McCarthy takes over as your favorite to win the Heisman. He's plus 240. Michael Penix Jr., who after the victory over Oregon two weeks ago was your favorite, drops to plus 300. Reason being, Washington didn't score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. We had Arizona State last weekend, plus 27 and a half. And uh, Penix didn't look very good. Just figured that was a letdown spot. Big emotional win over Oregon. Also got the crap kicked out of him in that game. Got hit a lot, especially in the third quarter of that game. Got beat up a little bit. And Michael Penix is great, but he's just not the same quarterback when he's under pressure. Does make some uh, turnover-worthy throws. So Penix drops to 3-1. to Jaden Daniels. Here's what I want to talk about a little bit later on with PJ. He's plus 325. I did play some Jaden Daniels before the season. The worst price I got on Jaden Daniels was 12-1. to They lose two games. They lose the opener to Florida State. Then they lose uh, you know, a conference game. They only have one conference loss. And I think that if Jaden Daniels and LSU find a way to beat Alabama, you know, he's, he's at least getting the invitation. So plus 325, obviously you missed the best of the number, but a decent price. And then two others I wanted to hit on. Bo Nix is 16-1. to 1. 
Bo Nix has a big game coming up today against Utah. Some big games down the stretch in the Pac-12. If they run the table, most likely they get back to the Pac-12 championship game. Maybe they get a rematch against Washington. But I think that's a good number right there now with Bo Nix, 16-1. to 1. And the last one, if you want to get involved in this market, uh, Carson Beck, 30-1. to 1. They lose Brock Bowers, Georgia does, for the rest of the regular season. They get McConkie back, but that's a huge loss. Uh, in my opinion, other than Marvin Harrison, the best non-quarterback in college football on the offensive side of the ball, and now you're missing him for the regular season. But Carson Beck averaging over 300 passing yards a game. And, you know, Georgia, typically that's not what they're known for. They like to run the ball. They play tough defense. But having a solid season. So if you think that they could beat up on Florida, run the table, get back to the SEC championship game, win that, uh, I don't know that that's a bad bet right now at 30-1. to 1, But it would just be a flyer. All right, let's get into today's games. Not the sexiest slate, but we'll try to make do. A couple bets that I really do like that I fired away on. Maybe a couple more that I'll add as we look at some line movement. Let's start with uh, Wake Forest and Florida State. So Wake Forest at home. This is a noon kickoff, Eastern time, 20.5 point dogs. Minus 105 is the price. To lay it with Florida State, minus 115 over at BetMGM. Total in that game is 52.5. Wake Forest on the money line, plus 800. For Florida State, their run defense getting a little bit better. Last week defensively uh, against Duke, only gave up 300 total yards of offense, held Duke to just 4 of 12 on third down conversions, also finished that game with four tackles for a loss. The only thing, they're not getting a whole lot of pressure right now on the quarterback. They didn't have a sack in that game. So you're looking at Wake today, uh, still undecided who they're even going to start at quarterback. Whichever quarterback we do get should have some time in the pocket, but I don't know how much we get from them, right? Wake comes in with the 87th-ranked offense in the country. They're 61st running the ball, 97th through the air. Really struggling to punch it in when they do get into the red zone, outside the top 90, 98th in red zone offense. And they've struggled with turnovers, which actually makes me lean over here at 52. Uh, I could see Florida State getting some short fields. I could see Wake Forest scoring just enough points. You know, 20 probably gets us over here, 52, because I think Florida State's going to look to pad the stats a little bit, especially with Jordan Travis who is also maybe worth a Heisman look if you do think Florida State could run the table in the ACC. But uh, Wake, like I said, with turnovers, I could see some short fields in this game. Right now, 122nd in the country in turnover differential uh, through the first seven games. And Florida State has really capitalized when teams have turned the ball over against them. Right now, they're 20th in the country in turnover differential. So I think this could be a good game, like I said, for Jordan Travis to get some Heisman stats going. Wake is 68th in total defense. 46 against the run, and they've really struggled against the pass. That's why I say this could be a Jordan-Travis game. If you're into player props, maybe a touchdown pass look, maybe yards look. Uh, Wake Forest's defense right now, 101st in the country. Florida State really good in the red zone, 5th in the country on offense. They protect the football. They don't turn the ball over, and they're 20th, like I said, in turnover uh, differential. So I'm going to bet the over really small, 52. Don't want to lay the 20.5 with Florida State. I can see a backdoor cover situation here. Uh, a game where we've seen plenty of line movement, and it's actually kind of surprising. I bet Kansas on open at 10. I uh, didn't love the bet, but I do love the spot. It's homecoming for Kansas. I think if you really want to target this one right now, because we're down to 8.5. A, a first-half look might be worth a look. Oklahoma's down to 8.5 in this game. 8.5-point favorites over Kansas. Makes sense, I guess. Oklahoma barely survives last week against Central Florida. Had Central Florida in that game, but... For Kansas, 19 straight losses against top 10 teams and Oklahoma. Not sure they're going to get the outright here. But Oklahoma, man, this has been a tough matchup for them. The last two games that they've played Kansas, the last two matchups in this series, uh, Oklahoma's only won by a combined six points. Now, that's a little skewed because last year it was year one for Brent Venables at Oklahoma. They weren't very good. Dylan Gabriel missed two games that season. Um, 
And this is a different Oklahoma team. They lead the Big 12 in passing offense. They're seventh in the entire country. That's why Dylan Gabriel's plus 800 right now to win the Heisman. And they shouldn't have any issues against this Kansas defense. But the thing about Oklahoma, they've struggled to put together a full four quarters of good football on offense. Dylan Gabriel right now, number four in QBR. The run game can't get going. Marcus Major leads the team, but he's averaging less than four yards per carry for Oklahoma. Uh, one thing a lot of people aren't talking about, they get Walker back, one of their more explosive backs today. So maybe that helps the run game. But still, I mean, betting against Oklahoma is not fun. Nick Anderson has eight touchdowns. Their wide receiver, he's explosive. But I think Kansas could start fast with it being homecoming. Um, you know, a big game. And I really like their play calling. I love Lance, but the play calling is uh, some of the best in the country. Really creative. It does look like Jason Bean is going to officially get the start once again for Kansas. Um, barely had a 10% success rate in the second half against Texas. Like, that was the thing. Kansas played Texas in the first half last week pretty competitive. Second half, they did absolutely nothing. Again, they had a 10% success rate in the second half on offense. Um, and this is going to be the best defense. You know, Texas, I should say, was the best defense they've seen all season. Now they see Oklahoma's defense, which is much better year two. Uh, but they do give up some explosive plays. Standard downs, Kansas probably not going to do a whole lot. I could see some, like, three, four-yard carries on the ground. But Jason Bean, the one thing he likes to do, and he does force some things, and he is you know, prone to some turnovers, but he has an 11.3 ADOT right now. And Central Florida hit some big plays on Oklahoma, so I think Jason Bean and Kansas' offense might be able to do the same thing. Oklahoma's defense after eight weeks, outside the top 95 in explosive runs given up. Maybe Kansas could hit some explosive runs here. Maybe Jason Bean uh, uses his legs a little bit. So I'm going to stick with Kansas, but at eight and a half, I think I would wait and maybe try to get a live number, um, you know, maybe get, a, get over a key number, get over the 10 there. I'd want two possessions because uh, Oklahoma is a good football team, but they're down to eight and a half right now over at BetMGM. Indiana, Penn State, this one's ugly. I wouldn't mind a team total with Penn State in the 40s, but I just laid it. I laid 41, uh, 31 and a half, not 41 and a half, geez, 31 and a half with the Nittany Lions, who I don't know how good they are after last week, but. Okay, so it looks like we overrated Penn State a little bit, but I don't think that doesn't like that doesn't mean they're not a good team. They're just not as good as Ohio State or Michigan. They're not on the same level yet in the Big Ten. But I think this could be a good get-right spot for Catron Allen and Nick Singleton, even with a struggling offensive line against this Indiana run defense, which right now is 111th in the country. Rutgers, who can't throw the ball, they're one-dimensional, ran for over 300 yards against Indiana. So I'm thinking Penn State could bounce back, and they should be fine. Indiana's offense has no shot of moving the ball against this Penn State defense. Their freshman quarterback, Brendan Sorsby, only completed 15 of 31 passing attempts for a buck 26 against Rutgers. Indiana's only scoring 17.9 points per game, which is 124th in the country, 198 passing yards per game, which is 102nd in the country, 113 rushing yards, 112th. They only convert 30% of their third down plays, 118th in the country. They only score on 61% of their red zone trips, 131 in the, 131th in the country. And now you're going against this Penn State defense who's given up nine points per game, second in the country, and 218 total yards. Even Ohio State in that offense wasn't really able to get going last week. Uh, so I'm going to lay it with Penn State. I know it's gross. 31 and a half. A quick one um, for me, UMass Army. I bet the over here at 48. I still kind of like it. It's moved up to 50 and a half right now over at BetMGM. UMass dead last in the country in points allowed. They're 133rd in the country. They're giving up 42 points per game. They're giving up 223 rushing yards per game. And when you're going up against Army, you know what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to run the ball. They're 27th in the nation 
Uh, they're almost averaging 200 yards on the ground, 190. And Army's defense, not great. They're giving up 26 points per game, 77th in the country. They're giving up 381 yards per game, which is 80th. So I think we're going to get some points in uh, Army UMass, as gross as that sounds. I bet it at 48. Now, I mean, we've blown past key numbers, but even at 50 and a half, I think we get some. Uh, I think we get some scoring in that one. Another ugly one, really quick to hit on. Uh, UConn Boston College going to play the under here, 50 and a half. UConn offensively, year two for Jim Moore has not been very good. Year one was fun. They went over the win total, made a bowl game. He was living in a haunted house. It was a weird story. This year, they're averaging 20 points per game. They're throwing for 188 yards a game and, a, and uh, running for 141. BC's averaging over 200 yards on the ground, and UConn st can't stop the run. So I think this is just going to be Boston College, ground and pound, eating some clock, and I'm going to go under 50 and a half. Maryland Northwestern also coming up in about three hours. Northwestern at home. Anytime anybody travels to play at Northwestern, I usually fade them because it's a sleepy spot. Tempted to grab 14 against Maryland. Uh, boring environment. And Northwestern, believe it or not, they've been competing. Maryland leans on their passing attack. And Northwestern's pass defense this season, 11th in the nation. They're only giving up 152 passing yards in the last three games. They're also third in the nation in passing play percentage at just 39%. They do struggle against the run outside the top 100, but Maryland doesn't have a very good offensive line, and I don't know that they're going to be able to exploit that on the ground. They have Josh Gaddis calling plays. And also for Northwestern, to keep this one close, I also kind of like the over in this game. Uh, their quarterback, Ben Bryant, suffered an upper body injury. He's missed the last two games. Looks like he might be able to give it a go today. And for Maryland, you wonder if there's any distractions. Kevin Sumlin, who's now the OC, if you were wondering where Kevin Sumlin is these days, uh, got a DUI in Florida last weekend, which I didn't even know was possible in Florida, to be quite honest with you. All right, let's move on. Let's go over to the board over at BetMGM and see uh, if we have any line movement. Check out BetQL. Check out BetStamp here. Again, we scroll down, and we got South Carolina 17.5-point dogs. Minus 115 is the price to lay it with South Carolina, uh, or with AM, I should say. AM at home in this game. Total's 51.5. I'm staying away from this one. Spencer Rattler having a pretty nice season for South Carolina, but they have no run game. The offensive line's not very good. They have a beat-up wide receiver room, and you just never know what you're going to get with Texas A&M, you know, especially with Mac Johnson as their starting quarterback. They're still the more talented team. They have the more talented defense. You could hit them with explosive plays down the field, as we saw a couple weeks ago in that Miami game. I just don't know if Spencer Rattler is going to have time with that offensive line to hunt the deep play and exploit that secondary for A&M. So I'm staying away, but I would lean 17 and a half. That's a lot of points. Houston, 17 and a half point dogs against Kansas State. Total in that game, 59 and a half. Lean over, that's a stay away from me. Central Florida, seven point favorites. They compete last weekend against Oklahoma. They're going against West Virginia. Total in that one, 59 and a half. SMU, man, some line movement here. 21 point favorites over Tulsa. Total in that game, 56 and a half. That's another stay away. When I come back, when we get back here on the uh, BetQL tailgate to kick off, let's hit the 3.30 p.m. slate. I got two bets I really like, including the big one today, Oregon and Utah. BetMGM, or BetQL tailgate to kick off, continues next.